Far east of the Sword Coast, the Shadowvar and Escavrin have fallen. The Shadow Storm is no more. Sembia is fractured into city-states. A mysterious hero rises from the ashes to usher in a new era of prosperity. Yet there is still suffering. Cormir and the wild elves of the Dalelands offer war on all sides. Earthmotes, madness, and shadow dragons plague the lands. These are the tales of the heroes who ended that suffering. 1491 DR, the year of Sembian revival. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Long-Winded One. Uh, with me tonight, I have a friend of mine named Steve. Uh, he plays the character Jendal. And tonight we're going to get to know Jendal a little bit. We're going to get to know Steve a little bit. And, um, you know, this has been a long time coming. We did we did um, interviews of some of the other players, uh, some of the other characters um, early on in, in this 50-episode run of uh, the Symbian Revival. And it's been, it's been, you know, a long time. Um, so, it's, so it's time for Jendal. And, uh, you know, Jendal was a late addition to, to the campaign, um, but in some ways he's become, you know, if not the most central character, one of the most central characters in the heart and soul of the party. Uh, so let me just say welcome to the podcast, Steve. Hey, thanks, Jared. So let, let's... Um, Let's get to know you a little bit. Um, tell, tell us about your history playing Dungeons and & Dragons and, and sort of what brought you to the campaign. Sure. Actually, um, my first Dungeons & Dragons experience that was legit was probably back in, uh, was it 2012 or 2013 when we started trying um, with yeah. Thrak uh, back in the day? Um, yeah, and you were a part of that. That was really fun. Uh, and ever since then, you know, it's, it's been kind of on and off, uh, you know, like I'll do a campaign every once in a while and sometimes step away to work on other things, but it's always been a fun experience. And, uh, really the inspiration behind Jendal was I wanted to play a monk. Uh, I, uh, listened to this, uh, D and D podcast called critical role. Um, and there was a monk like NPC character in it and had some really awesome abilities. And I was like, I wanted to check that out. So, um, but then there's the other side of him, which is the uh, whole thing with Lady Tamora and um, like the luck aspect of things and kind of choosing to do things randomly. That was really interesting to me. So, yeah, yeah, and um, and so we, you joined the campaign actually right as the you know the the podcast uh, was legit. Um, we were true to the story. Uh, Jendal joined us in Battle Rise. So what was that like joining a campaign that had already started? Did did you feel like you had a good lay of the land? Uh, it was interesting because it was coming in a little bit as an outsider at first, like everybody had, you know, those bonds with each other and uh, we had some work to do to sort of catch up and build the bonds with the other characters. But uh, it was kind of fun, actually, to some extent to be kind of an outsider looking in at the start and then gradually, uh, you know, build those friendships with the other characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So coming into this you you had we had you mentioned we had played uh this campaign this this um kind of homebrew campaign in fourth edition called um trine um and um we even tried to play like a second version of that uh i think that was back in 2013 
And then uh, you and I had, we had a Star Wars, kind of a, another homebrew Star Wars campaign. It was, uh, I, I wouldn't say that was D20 at all. That was all kind of like text-based role-playing. Um, that became like, my brother led that campaign and it became like one of the most fun role-playing games I think I've ever played. You want to you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were, I was really into that too. Um, and we... <laughs> I think you and I were both so invested in the story that we like kept like pushing your brother to like finish it. So like years later, I remember we like finished the story because we like both just wanted the closure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it was great. Uh, I played a, a Jedi uh, Knight. Um, uh, you played a, you played a Sith called Jen Terrell, which is actually kind of funny because that's like close to Jen Dahl. Yeah, um, yeah, it's true. And it was it was before Rogue One, so the the character Jen, uh, I think the character's name was Jen in, in Rogue One. Um, you know, it, it remi- that that name reminded me a lot of my character's name. And in fact, my character was we were both kind of like both sides of like the gray Jedi, right? Like, so mm-hmm. you know, your character was like this um, this Jedi through and through a Jedi, but like wasn't afraid to like bend the rules to to do what he thought was right. Um, and my guy was like a, a pure blood Sith who had been a slave his whole life, slave of the Sith had these, these gifts, um, the force gifts and, um, and like basically had this real kind of dark ethos, like belief system where, you know, he'd probably murder a lot of people, um, but he would do it for what a lot of people would argue is like, you know, like, Oh, well that was, yeah, I guess he had a good reason for that, but I don't know if I would have handled it the same way. Hmm. And, and, uh, yeah, so we both played these, this, like both sides of the gray line, I think wouldn't, wouldn't you describe it like that? Yeah. And yeah, to add to that too, I think my character, uh, it was Morrow. Now I just remembered the name. Um, he, uh, like the Jedi philosophy is a little weird because it's, uh, to some extent you could, you could interpret it as like kind of repress your emotions, you know, and like, don't, uh, express like anything, uh, and the Sith are kind of like an opposite extreme in some, some respects. Um, so I guess like Mara was like, what's, what's up with that? That's like a little weird. Like, why are we like kind of holding back and repressing all emotion? It doesn't seem like a uh, healthy way to live kind of deal. So, yeah. And, and, you know, before the whole, uh, last three, I, well, at least, before the rise of Skywalker, uh, my character, um, and I, you know, I thought this was pretty forward thinking. I, I argued a lot with my brother about the nature of the force. Um, but like how he would use dark side powers or what would be considered a dark side power tip for good. Like I remember he used his own life force to heal somebody else. Like he essentially f- force drained himself to give the energy to someone else. And this was before, of course, Ray does it to that worm creature in mm-hmm. Rise of, or whatever, whichever movie that was. I, we're going to have all kinds of Star Wars hate from, from this episode, by the way. Um, but anyway, uh, we're, we're digressing, but, um, so anyway, we've, we've played in since going back to about 2013, we've played it in several different campaigns together. Some of which you've led, some of which I've read, uh, led, uh, but let's get back to Symbia coming into, to Symbia and forgotten realms. Um, what, what was your sort of knowledge base for, um, Faerun? uh honestly like at the start not a lot but uh your campaigns are always like you know you go into the history and like learn uh 
you know, all the stuff about like the region and, and actually like individual like towns and stuff to a pretty high level of detail. So just, you know, through experiencing it through the campaign primarily, it was sort of my learning experience. Um, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think, you know, mo- most people kind of grew up playing video games that took place in Forgotten Realms, or maybe they've read a novel or something, or if you have played a, a campaign, it's probably on the Sword Coast. But as we've covered in this before, one of the reasons Sembia stuck out to me as a great place to run a campaign is because it was so wide open. Um, and so, you know, that it was palatable. You could you could learn what history there was and sort of roll your story in. Although I'm learning um, from uh, Mr. Greenwood on Twitter, you know, as the story goes on, like, oh, geez, you know, this little, this little fact, this little shrine that I, I formed so much of the story around uh, Yevon Shrine really has a, quite a bit of history. I, and I don't know why I doubted that. It's Ed Greenwood. Um, but like, uh, so we've kind of pivoted in the last few episodes, um, you know, to, to like get more in line with Ed's true vision. Um, and it's occurred to me since then that like other little facts, like, you know, why is Coral's well called Coral's well? Like, is it really named after this eccentric guy named Druid named Coral? Probably not. Um, so, you know, I, I did my best to stay true, like you said, to the history. Um, but it, it has occurred to me that I, I made some major, uh, sins of omission, um, and took some liberties that I probably shouldn't have, um, in terms, in terms of like being a, a legit forgotten realm story that, you know, can weave into the, to the timeline. But, um, another question for you, if you don't mind. Um, so we, we're at the point in the podcast now where we've changed enough in, in sort of the, the, um, the audible version of the podcast from compared to the campaign that like at this point in the story week to week, you don't, you don't really know what's going to happen on the script. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Yep. So especially now, like you said, it's sort of diverged away a little bit from the campaign. Some things have definitely uh, changed from the first go around. So at this point, pretty much anything could happen. So so what, what, but it, it, to that end, um, could you tell us maybe a little bit about the differences in gender, like, um, in terms of h- how your original creation and the way he sort of is portrayed in the podcast is different, anything to do with his backstory or personality, anything like that? I think in the podcast, he's definitely become a lot more enriched in terms of the background story. There was the episode you wrote about, you know, his childhood and his adopted family, Um, and that really, you know, I feel like added a lot of depth to his character. Um, and yeah, I think he was just like a little bit more happy go lucky in the campaign and a little bit less like caring about stuff. Um, I think you remember, uh, the one session in the campaign (laughs) we had like those, you remember in drought when, um, uh, we were with like the halfling dude, what was his name again? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh man, you asked me too quick. That, yeah, uh, he had the big, uh, great sword, uh, Cecil. Yeah, C- Cecil. So, like, basically, there was this, this scenario in the campaign originally where we made a deal with the village of Drelt to help capture a black dragon, and the black dragon essentially burned down like half of Drelt and like killed most of the people there. And at that point, we were like, okay, we just need to kill this black dragon. So the party killed the black dragon, and then Cecil was like, "What are you doing? You broke the deal." And like starting to kind of get aggressive with us. 
And I remember I literally flipped a coin to see whether or not to just attack him. <laughs> like, attack him based on that. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was yeah. very, you were, you played the character very true to um, its original, his original creation, which is like he is a true free spirit, right? Like, um, he lets, he just lets the will of Timora, right? Sort of guide him. Absolutely. Or what he, yeah. or what he thinks the will of Timora is, right? Um, so, I'm curious to see what you think about the the possible future, right? So this episode is going to air right after Matoa sacrifices himself in Sakors. Um, and uh, you guys end up in, in Yaun, um, and you're looking up at the top of the hill, and Siren is like, we're here for the whole of Yaun. We're here because there is another one of Thera's dragons down in the hole, and we're going to, we're going to, um, you know, settle the score, so to speak. But I'm, but I'm curious to see where you think maybe the future leads Jendal. Um, you know, it's an interesting direction that the party's going in. I, if I had to guess, I'd say I, these violent means have violent ends, uh, and there's probably going to be repercussions uh, for sort of seeking vengeance against this dragon and this powerful entity. So, uh, yeah, I was really sad to see Matoa go, but. Wouldn't be surprised if uh, somebody else kind of bit it as a result of this decision. So we'll just have to see. All right, buddy. Well, uh, I'll see you probably next week when we record. And uh, thanks for giving a little insight onto Jenda. All right, great. Thanks, Jared. Though this marks the end of the episode, the tale continues within a 10 day. Join us at longwinded.one. And consider giving us a review on Apple Music, Spotify, or really whichever platform you choose.